This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. My guests today are Indianapolis Colts defensive tackle and former Wagner College star Chris Williams and his very well-known trainer who's become quite a trainer and coach in the area and now working with Chris at the Sports Performance Lab in Middletown, New Jersey, Gavin Inkster. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Chris, you've been training at the Sports Performing Lab since uh, mid-June, doing kind of like a mini NFL combine for off-field testing. First of all, why did you decide to train at that performance lab? Oh, they had my guy Gavin, so (laughs) (laughs) I had more than trust in him, so I'm not even going to hesitate. Gavin's down. You know, you guys have an interesting way of how you met, and it was actually almost your brother actually – bought into Gavin's training before you did. Uh, Gavin, tell us about how you two met. You know, we'll, we'll get into your background, uh, Gavin, as all the, the different places that you've uh, you've worked with and universities and, and schools. But how did you and Chris hook up? So basically, as you were stating before, Chris was a little reluctant to work with me at first, understandably, because, again, he was a high-level athlete. I was lucky enough that uh, I met Chris via his brother, Uh, His brother came to a training camp at his old high school and I had reached out to Chris after and I said, you know, my door's always open. Um, At the time, Chris had already had interest from a couple teams. He had met with a couple teams after his junior year. Yeah, after his sophomore year. So I started working with Chris in his junior year and it just kind of one thing led to another. It was almost kind of fate because of the way things happened, you know. I was at Wagner before he even had gotten to Wagner and just to be working at the high school that he was an alumni at, it kind of just all fell into place, honestly. And the Colts turned this thing around going in the other direction in a hurry. Chris, you signed a three-year contract with the Colts uh, back in April of 2020. And people were thinking April of 2020, that's right around pandemic time. So that had to be strange in itself. But making the squad as a, as a UFA is quite an accomplishment. And you were a real stud for the Wagner Seahawks, you know, described as a run-stopping force. So what is it about your game? That, <laughs> what is it about your game that you think makes you stand out, Chris? I mean, uh, so I had a mentor and coach, Travis Knight. He was actually one of the best B-Tacks play in the NFL. And uh, he taught me, like, when I, before I met him, I would just go out there and play football. Just like just from talent and just listening to what the coaches were telling me. But then when I got with him, we watched the film and I learned there was so much more to football. There was like there was like so much more that I could see before the snap that would allow me to play quicker, allow me to know what plays can be ran so I could react and as soon as I see something when the ball snap, I like, oh, I know what it is, and then make the plays. So working with him made my production go up because I'm seeing these pre-snap keys and I'm learning what the game of football really is and what it's about. And it's all getting simple with me. So I can play it faster. So when did that ability to know, I mean, you have to obviously study tape and that, but but also it's inside players to be able to, to feel the game like you can. Did that begin at Lafayette High School in Brooklyn as a defensive end and defensive tackle where you are first team all-conference? Or was this something that, you know, you developed just because you were maturing as a football player? I mean, I, I say it, it was like since I started football, because then I feel like I feel like I noticed things like, oh, they're always running to this side of the field. Like, they're only doing when I see this guy do this when I'm playing football. So then 
I'm noticing these things and I, I'm not even sure like what, what it is, but I'm like, yo, the ball's going here every time, every time. They got four guys on this side of the ball. So until I'm at T9, T9, uh, and my, uh, and the going in junior year, he like sit down on film and he's showing these, these keys. I'm like, oh, this is, this is how you really see it. Running right and running into the arms of the Wagner defense, Chris Williams getting outside to make that stop. And what we talk about, first and 10 incomplete pass, I'm telling you, you're going to run football, all right? I played a lot of football, been around the game a lot. This holds true. And if you're a defensive coordinator, they shift from a 3-4 to a 4-3 for this very reason, okay? Now, that defensive end has to stay outside to make this an easy play. We're talking about Micah Bruce. But that was a terrific football play by Chris Williams. He's getting mentored by a guy we're going to talk about later, the pot roast. Mm -hmm. And he's a terrific football player, this Williams. Gavin's a graduate of the University of Buffalo with a Bachelor of Science degree in exercise science. That's that's impressive in itself, just to say that, you know. Uh, Thank and, you. So, <laughs> and then you completed your master's degree in athletic training at Seton Hall University, near and dear to my heart. I used to call the uh, the women's basketball games there. At, uh, I did Wolf. see that. Yes, you have yes. a long. I always do my research, so I know you have a, a long standing in the Jersey area. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, and the late Ann Donovan was the coach of the women's basketball team at the time. And uh, she was just a wonderful person, not only a great basketball player and coach, but uh, really, I had a great relationship with her and uh, Seton Hall University. So congratulations on all that. As you look Thank at you. Chris doing his training now, this run stopping force, he's got agility, he's got strength, but you're improving on all of that right now. What what are you working on with Chris to make him even better? Well, it's funny because here at the lab, we have a little bit of a different approach to things. We do all your rudimentary and your basics, your, you know, your strength training, your weightlifting, all that stuff. Um, but we also take a little bit of different approach with the brain training and the focus, the eye hand coordination, uh, the reactive agility stuff. Um, so I've always kind of taken an approach where I put things together throw stuff at a wall. You never get away from the basics, but I am always trying to improve. I'm always trying to be dynamic. Um, and I kind of really throw things against the wall and see what sticks, see what works, see what doesn't work. And then, you know, just never get away from the basics really. But we kind of have always pushed each other and we have that, we have that uh, relationship where it's, you know, no ego involved. There've been times where I've literally been like, okay, why don't we, why don't we do this? And Chris has responded back with, well, I can push it a little bit more with that. And again, I've never had the, uh, and I've never had an, a, a situation where I felt like I couldn't tell him how I feel and vice versa, which has kind of made this relationship really, really flourish truthfully. Um, and in saying that it, it's been interesting because being here at the lab, we're used to working with nothing, you know, him and I literally, started at a gym in, in, in Brooklyn where the roof was caving in, literally. The, when it would rain, it was like Niagara Falls. And for a quarantine year, we literally, getting him ready for the NFL, we, because all the gyms were closed, we trained out of a 10 by 20 garage gym at my home. And uh, again, it's kind of just always been hard work and dedication. You know, even if things haven't worked our way, we've just basically willed them to, to work our way. Chris, a lot of trust is what Gavin's talking about between the two of you. Was it a quick trust? Did it come over time? Because 
let's face it. The NFL is a business, right? And and you're you, this is this is your livelihood, and you signed that big contract with the Colts to put Gavin. That's an awful lot of trust in one person. So how how, how quickly did it develop? I mean, it took time to build the trust. I mean, like you just got to learn how a person is and how what are their motives for what they do, and that's what I noticed like quickly. Like when I started working out on that, he doesn't do it just the money. That's, Throw a whole bunch of kids in a group so he can make the most out of his time. Like the more I got to see him, I'm like the first thing I noticed about him is he when he was in there and his training sessions in the gym now had a little kid in there he always had this little <laughs> notebook and he was writing down every little thing. When he was about him, he was writing down every little thing. And then I actually asked him like, yeah, what's that? He's like, yeah, I just know of everything because I just want to be so detailed and so efficient in everything I do. Like me, I'm always, I always trained on what stuff I've seen on YouTube. So I'm like, I just kind of just seen workouts just did them. So I never really gave that thought into that stuff. So then when I got to learn more, and he sent me like Snapchats of him reading, he's constantly researching, constantly trying new things. And like, I'm like, I noticed a similarity in me too. That's what I do with football. I'm always studying. I'm always trying to figure out what could look maybe a little bit better, look maybe more efficient in my play. So when you see somebody match the same energy as you, the things I love to do, he loves to train, he loves to help people feel better, help people get to the heights they want to reach. And I love to play football. I want to be the best to ever play. So seeing someone attack their love and seeing Italian attack it, it just made trust grow. Like so easy because it's like we're on the same time, same same mile. Speaking of best that ever played, as you can tell from behind me, a couple of the jerseys there, uh, you know, I'm from, originally from Pittsburgh and the steel curtain was a part of my growing up. So that was I a little bit. I see you got Brett Kiesel back there. I, and I have Brett too, because, because of the beard, right? Fear to beard uh, when he played. Um, love great defense, obviously. Donnie Shell was a recent guest on Sports Jam, part of the steel curtain defense and four Super Bowls uh, with Donnie Shell. So I know what you mean when wanting to be the best because Donnie would, you know, he, he strived to be that too. Growing up for you, who was a person that you looked at and said, yes, I want to be the next so-and-so? Me, it was Ray Lewis. Comes down to this, 37 seconds left, fourth and two. Rolls the deep back, gets the hand off oh. the backfield. The Ravens stop him. Ray Lewis comes up the middle, and it's all over. The Hayes in the bar. Oh, what a play. Ray Lewis just won the game for Baltimore. Just something something about him. Just, I just gravitated to him. And when I, as I grew up, I noticed what it was. And it was important. And, like, the way he talked. And, like, it's just, like, it's just everything he said to me just made, like, everything he just said. And I noticed what he's saying. with watch the way he worked. Just makes so much sense, and I know it's like if he's working hard, if he thinks like this, he's one of the greatest linebackers ever playing in the NFL. Big so, time leader too. Right. I could just grab things from him, throw it into my game, mimic what he done, and even try to tweak it enough to make it best for me. It can help me grow. So like, I like literally watching it. It's funny because it's like a bad. Like when I learned about him, he, he finally like debuted on this Madden where he had that talk. I really, I literally restart that Madden game just so I can hear him say that speech every time. I'm like, that's awesome. So it's like, so he really motivated me, and then, and then he grew up to just now. I was like, all right, let me actually watch football. Now I just pick from a few players that just was great. Great player to pick too, you know, as somebody to to idolize. 
the pandemic has impacted athletes in many different ways. How has it impacted you? How has it impacted the Colts? Uh, I say it impacted me in a great way because one thing I did do when the pandemic happened, I didn't, I didn't just sit down and like, dang, everything is closed. That was never that was never me. I always was like finding like I said, no, no matter what it is, we're going away. So right away, me and my brother's home. Finally, since being in college, we get a whole all season together. I'm like, bro, we can't just sit around. This this is the time. You know, it's like this is the time everybody's gonna sit around. They're just gonna wait until everything open up. Me, I was like, no, let's find a way. There's no gym like nothing. I called Gavin up because we uh, we had like a virtual meetings with the coach, and so we was getting psyched. from my phone Gavin, I was like, hey, is there any equipment I can buy from you? And then he's like, I got, I got a pair of them. Of course, he gave me free equipment because of that. Not about the money. No, but I love them. Some, some bands. And then me and my brother just made the most out of it. Jump rope, mad ball, loose ball. And then for like two months out of the we were just running in the street, uh, using the band to do get-offs, doing D-line work in our backyard. We had ladders and planes and everything. So whatever we could get up, we just get in there. We just get in at 5 a.m. We were stretching. We were watching film. And we just like, we're going to make the most out of this time. We they were literally running around their blocks. They were running around their blocks. They would tell me miles on end, you know, just by any means. And then uh, we pretty much did that up until the draft. Once I signed that draft, you know, I heard Gavin and I was like, yeah, are you comfortable enough for us to start coming to your house and working out with you? And then that's when he's like, let's do it. We'll be safe. We'll just go back for a home. We'll wear masks. We'll clean up. And then from there, and then to uh, camp, we just got after it. We got after the cold the trenches. <laughs> yeah, we call my garage gym the trenches. <laughs> you know, that's great. And your your brother playing football at Delaware State, defensive end, defensive lineman, uh, just like you have played. When did you love to hit people? You know, uh, when I was playing football at a very young age, I wanted to be quarterback, right? And I wanted to be the star, of course, you know, because my brother was a, a star quarterback uh, in, in high school. But in eighth grade, the coach said, we need an outside linebacker and you'll start. Well, I raised my hand. I wanted to be a starter, right? And then at halftime of the first game I was in there, he goes, before we wrapped up for the second half, he goes, and by the way, Doyle, you can hit somebody if you like. Uh, <laughs> so it was, not, it was not in me to hit people. When did that desire you know, you really have to love the game of football to play it at the level that you play and to be able to hit. So when did that start and who gets credit for both you and your brother being so talented? Uh, definitely my, my mom. My mom, uh, she gave up everything so we could just not be in the house, not be in the streets. She made sure we was in a sport or constantly moving around. We did acting when we were young. She like sacrificed her time for that. I, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm like, I was like so surprised, definitely like being in the middle like when you're late, people would just go to the prep. She used to be late all the time for her just to make sure we did what we did first. And uh, so all credit goes out to her. And I can't wait to give it all back to her more. But um, definitely when I learned, I love to pick. It was like, so I watched this guy, and this is Peter Football, I played for Keith Bay. He like got in the backfield, ripped the ball off the running back's hand, and just scored a touchdown. And I just see everybody going crazy. I'm like, I'm still just playing football for the first time, so I'm like, well, we're going crazy. So I finally got in the game, 
And I just followed through the line and just hit the kid. And I was like, this was the wrong way. I just tackled the dude with the ball. And then once I kept doing it, I was like, it was good. That was a good thing to do. And I'm like, everybody gets hyped when you do it. You get hyped. I'm like, I actually like this man. I love this thing. And then next thing you know, woke up more. And then when I get older and playing football, and then I'm going to say, like, when you beat the other guy, and you could like demoralize the guy just for making the play, the guy approached me. So I'm a real competitive dude. And when I noticed, like, me just beating the guy, tackling him, running back in the backfield, and looking him in the face, and then you can see he came and looked you in your eye, like, that's like a feeling. I was like, oh, yeah, I can get used to this. <laughs> so I was like, I got to work hard, so I'll keep doing this. <laughs> And, and doing it very well, obviously. Gavin, we're speaking with Gavin Engster, who is not only the trainer for Chris Williams, the defensive tackle for the Indianapolis Colts, but well-respected trainer in the area and with his master's from Seton Hall University in athletic training and has been uh, quite a trainer throughout the uh, local area, working with local schools. Gavin, do, do you have any allegiance to the NFL? Like, did you become an instant Indianapolis Colts fan? Because of watching oh, big Chris. time. It's funny, right? I grew up playing ice hockey and uh, another collision sport where I actually pretty much had a, a very similar, similar aspect of uh, falling in love with the contact and the collision. Um, mine was a little bit different, though. Mine came from basically getting hit. I tried out. I was a late bloomer. I tried out for a travel team at 12 years old. Um, and back then, we had hitting in peewee hockey, which is a little bit different now. They, they actually push back the hitting because of the injuries and stuff like that. So when I was playing, hitting was a big part of the game. Anyway, long story short, I'm in the tryout. I'm on like the cusp of not making the team. Oh, one of the biggest kids was, he must have knocked me down like three times. Literally the biggest, slowest kid. So I was, I was afraid that I wasn't going to make the team anyway. The last time he hit me, the kid hit me so hard. I'll never forget this. But the last time he hit me, I actually got a nosebleed. That's how hard he hit me. And uh, after that moment, I made the team. I made the lesser of the team. Um, but I told myself that that would never happen to me again, basically. And uh, I just started training. I got bigger and stronger. And I pushed myself to kind of always will my way to will my way to a victory and, and embrace the physical components of the game. And that's stuff that I even tried to bestow in all, all the people that I work with, especially in the collision sports. Yes, it's fun in games, but at the same time, you have to take an approach where the person in front of me isn't going to beat me. The person next to me, I'm going to bring up and uplift because that's my teammate, but I'm not going to let anybody get the best of me. And I kind of carried that over into the profession. I still consider myself um, an underdog in a lot of ways. I mean, in the NYC area, sports performance training is not that prevalent. You go to New Jersey, you go to PA, all these places are doing sports performance training and at a high level. That's why they've had so many pros go into the NFL and into other sports. But in New York City, I mean, Brooklyn has almost, don't quote me, but I want to say three to five million people. We've had not that many pros in the NFL. So Chris and I have really had that type of relationship where from day one, it's been, I've told him that I've had his best interests, even when just meeting him. And that's the approach that I take with a lot of people, like caring approach, put my best foot forward and understand that I'm in your corner. It's not always just about training. It's about mentality. 
So that's just an approach that I've taken with, uh, with this training. And I've always been passionate about it. And with football, it even started at a young age. My, my father just never let me play because of the fact that we invested so much time in ice hockey. And rightfully so, because honestly, I'm a little banged up from playing ice hockey Two collision sports. My body would probably be uh, even more hurting. So I'm, uh, it was a blessing in disguise in a lot, of way, a lot of ways because I was very passionate about sports in general. And uh, the NFL was always one of them. I've always been a, a big time Jets fan. <laughs> we talk about that. Hey, Chris, he, uh, you know, he, he, he gets me fired up just listening to him. You know, the competitive juices, you know, anybody that has played sports at any level, you know, you can see it in Gavin's eyes and his talk. He's got, you know, he's got deep passions in there. And he said, you know, he's, he's sharing it with you outside of training and, and weightlifting and performance training. What do you guys do? Because I know there's something else you compete against each other, you know, outside of the gym. What is it? <laughs> we play video games, yeah. Like other sports, like it, it don't matter. Like even if it's just like, did you wake up early today? <laughs> yes, seriously. Like, are you still trying to be great? Like, I've been up on a Saturday morning, like, are you still trying to be great? Like, it's, it's any game And honestly, like, you said, like people say, Gavin is my trainer. Like it's weird to call my trainer. I call my brother. He's family. So like, it, it's the bond grew way bigger than just what we do in the gym. This is just what we do as a like a like friends going out to bars. Yeah, and, it's like, funny because we love it that much, though. That it's actually become, you know, it's become something that we look at it as a job because of the severity of it, but we're so passionate about it that it doesn't drag. You know. Even when we're pushing each other, there's times where we're working out or he's working out and he asked me like, yeah, you're going to hop it and do a set, right? And I'm like, I am. So, uh, you know, I always got to be on my toes too. And uh, like I said, we, we compete. We play video games. He's much better than me though. He's really good at it. I'm pretty bad actually. But uh, over this weekend, we're probably going to get together and, and uh, play a little bit of cornhole. So, <laughs> do, you, do you beat Gavin in, in cornhole too? This is actually our first time. Uh -huh. First time. He's probably going to beat me, though. But that's okay. I'll I'd still, even I'll watch Cornhole on ESPN. Those guys and, and ladies are deadly, right? They're like, every time it's right in. How do they do that? I don't know. Insane. You know, you guys have such a special relationship. This is, this is, a, this is real fun to talk to both of you at the same time about you're going through a unique experience. You know, so many people want their children to get to of the pro level, but we know that just doesn't happen, you know? So, but it's happening for you, Chris. And you talked about how your mom sacrificed in order to, to, to get you there. What do you have to say to, to young kids, Chris, who want to be, you know, they either watched you at Wagner or now going to see, you know, uh, with, with the Colts and, and they're cheering you on at Lafayette high school in Brooklyn. You are a role model now, whether you want to be or not, you are. To kids that, you know who are looking at you what do you want to say to them about what it takes to make it uh, so i actually went and talked to one of my opies i love that program because they're free and when my mom was like uh struggling to put us through football she found that organization they, they took us with open arms and helped us and even though it was a little less organized, people were helping out because it, it was all free. We had mismatched helmets, mismatched pants, jerseys, 
it was still a great experience. And I actually went, when I, I was actually training doing my cardio, and I seen the my same coach still still coach with them and still doing it. And I went to him and was like, and he was like, yeah, can you talk to me real quick? You know, just one thing. And something that stuck with me is like my sophomore year at, at Wagner, I felt like I was like, I just felt like I, I was stuck. Like I just didn't, I know I, I was, I know in my head I was going to make it to the NFL. I just didn't know how or what I needed to do to my game to get there. And like I said, for like 50th and I met Gavin, I met Terrence Knight and two, two came together and helped me take off. But she told me, she told me that she was like, think about everything you ever wanted. I mean, like, everything you ever wanted. I mean, like, really wanted. You never took no for an answer. You did everything you can do to get it. You always got it. She was like, I don't care if it's a phone, a bike, a notebook, or one of your goals. If you take no for an answer and just keep striving, you don't take no for an answer, just keep striving, you're going to go get it. Yeah, you mentioned Terrence Knighton as, you know, one of your coaches there at Wagner as seven a year NFL veteran. Does it make a difference when you see somebody who has got to that level? Do they, do you know, automatic respect comes to, to people who have played the game. So did that, was that a big thing for you to, to have him as a tutor? Oh, without a doubt. And then when you, and then when you meet him and you notice, he's just like, you know, he's, he's 100% real. He keeps it real with you. He's got your strength. Like there's, there's some coaches that's going to tell you what you want to hear. And that's going to tell you coaches that tell you what you need. And he tells you, Everything you need to hear because he wants he literally wanted them. His thing was like every day when he's in uh what I'm gonna do to get you paid today, how I'm gonna get you to the NFL. And that was the main thing for all four of my all four of us beyond now now all of us together at the same time, two's in the CFO, two's in the NFL, and all coached under him because his mentality, the way he taught us, he taught us how to be a pro. We didn't have a we didn't have a defensive line coach there before that. Been through it. He been through it all. He went through. He went. He came from nothing and, and got something. Made it to the Super Bowl. And he just told us everything. He told us how to. I'm sorry to even interject. One of the very few to beat, help beat Tom Brady in an AFC Championship game. One of the very few. Big sack. They're not going to go for the 47 yard field goal. Low snap. Brady pressure and he's taken down. Terrence Knighton. Take over on downs. And like he uh told us how to be a pro, how to carry yourself off the field and just just like how just it's like it's not a, it's not a secret to it, but you just need to know the right way to do it. He just he showed us all the right ways. And I still carry everything he said with me today. Gavin mentions sack. Everybody has a, a reaction to their own sacks. You want to show us what the 2021 version will be of a Chris Williams sack as you take down one of the opposing quarterbacks. Do you, do you got one in mind? Does it change? Or are you going to go with the same one? You know, you you mentioned Brett Kiesel there. He always had his his little arrow that he would do, but everybody has their own. How about you? You just don't have to wait to see. I got some stuff playing. I got some stuff playing. You know, how about how about the rules? How about the rules when it comes to, you know, hitting the quarterback? You used to be able to, you know, just really hit. Now you have to worry about all, you know, they're so protected now. Does does that frustrate you as a lineman? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. All, the, all defensive line, which I, learned, I can tell you countless times they talked about it during film and the meetings and stuff. So it's definitely frustrating. But I did a game just go quick before on that. 
just let what happened happen. You know, you, you be aware, but like when you play, don't don't slow down. Just, just play ball. You know, because you can't be hesitant. And once you hesitate, definitely NFL. One hesitation is a touchdown. <laughs> Gavin, everybody talks about you know, that, that first step for alignment, you know, to get the advantage, to get the leverage, to get what you need to get to the quarterback or, or to plug up the hole. What kind of exercises are you doing with Chris to just get that burst even more? It's such a, that's a great question. It's crazy because when they get to this level, there's such minute amount of changes because all these guys can already squat a ton. They can all deadlift a ton. They can all bench a ton. So that's why we've been lucky enough um, from looking at last summer to this summer, um, you know, nothing overtakes hard work and dedication, but with some of the stuff that we have at the lab, like the brain training, like the reactive agility stuff, it just helps us be that much more explosive. Um, so we're, you know, he works a lot on his own craft. I work a lot on my craft and then together we just come together and build a program, uh, that's works for him efficiently and uh you know just always focused on getting better that's been our main objective always just always trying to get better always putting our best foot forward and uh in terms of the explosiveness doing doing a lot of plyometrics agility uh anything that's going to help us get an edge there are always people who want to be the macho man there's always people who want to think that they're they're jealous. They're just jealous of people like you, Chris. They want to be, you know, strong. So probably not people at the sports performance lab in Middletown, New Jersey, but have you come across that idiot who just says, who are you? And you go, well, you know, you just tell them who you are. Nah, I can handle you. I can take care of you. Have you run across anybody like that? Uh, if I did, it was like a joke. It was not serious. So. Holy yeah, moly, yeah. though. Like living in Brooklyn, it's, I mean... I mean, I'm like, so I'm, I'm really just, I'm always in my grind and always working out. So like, around, like the people I keep around, it's usually the same people. I keep my circle small because that's the best way to do it. So, but yeah, no, no yeah, not really. No, I don't know. Yeah. We're so used to growing up in the five boroughs that these type of situations, like, they <laughs> pop up to you on a random basis. So nothing can face literally driving your car is like. You know, who's who's cutting you off? Who's driving in the shoulder lane? Who's coming into your lane? It's so driving so <laughs> So I remember hearing stories back when I when I was growing up. Uh, the Hall of Fame Center and the, the late Mike Webster used to run with his great dane at my elementary school. And I would hear stories about people coming up to Mike at a bar and saying, you know, you're not a stealer, you, you're yeah. not you're not strong. And Mike literally picked one guy up, threw him all the way across the bar, and the guy goes, oh, yeah, I guess you are a stealer. (laughs) (laughs) There are guys out there that always have to challenge your machoism, Chris. So I I tell you what, we we, uh, uh, really respect what you do out there because it it is so difficult in today's uh, field to get to the NFL. What would be the ultimate goal for you this season? Well, just to be the best I can be. Be the best I can be and contribute to the team and go out there and make plays and have fun. And do you think the Colts are are, are you prepared for a, even another step up? You know, last year was a pretty good season for the Colts, and uh, you know some changes are being made now. But and as there always is changes, everybody has to adjust. What are you expecting from the Indianapolis Colts this season? Uh, 
nothing but great things. Everybody there is so talented. So I, I see nothing but great things. Like, I know everybody's excited. Just can't wait because, like, once you get into camp and everybody gets going, that's when you really start to see it all come together. So it's, re- it's really exciting to have that building. Gavin, yeah, you can see the size of me, so you know I like food. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, my way... My weight's not distributed like Chris is, unfortunately. Okay, so there's a big difference there. I want to know what you guys eat for lunch or dinner together. That's a good question. Well, during quarantine, we like towards the end of training, towards the end when he was going to Indianapolis, we would take a little liberties together and get food at a, at a local restaurant that was more of like a fried food-based type place, more fast food, but... At this point right now, I need to be honest with you, we're so locked in. He has a specific meal plan that the Indianapolis Colts have provided for him with macro and micronutrients that he follows to a T. Um, I also give him a lot of nutrition advice because I do have a concentration in nutrition from University of Buffalo when I got my bachelor's. So uh, I'm, 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 uh, a big, I'm a big believer in whatever it takes and if you need to even get a cheat meal in, and that's going to lead to 10 more days of clean eating, then, then do it. But uh, we're really kind of dialed in right now um, before he gets into training camp in terms of the food. So we're not taking really any liberties right now. Fourth of July, maybe, you know, a little bit. Again, it's a holiday. So and uh, whatever it takes. You are intimidating, uh, Chris, when you look at the tape of you. And as I mean, when anybody says somebody's a force, you know, we almost think of a superhero type of a person. Are you a trash talker in the trenches? Oh, once I get going, yeah. <laughs> once I get going, <laughs> you're probably not. Toughest, toughest offensive lineman you faced so far? I can't even tell you that, honestly, because uh, when we um, when we think about offensive lineman, tonight, like, well, I'll tell you, help me with mentality as well again, with mentality on the field, it was like, and college is more of their nameless business souls opponents. That's just in the way of getting where we are. So I just line up my ball. What a great way to approach it. And I can't wait to see what your sack dance is going to be uh, for this season <laughs> for the Indianapolis Colts. And whatever it is, I think Gavin's going to have some sort of answer or some part of it. So I'm going to give him credit <laughs> as well. Hey, what a pleasure to have both of you here on Sports Jam. Continued success Thank for you, both man. of you. It's a great story of a wonderful relationship that has proven to be extremely successful so far. Have a great NFL season, Chris, and continued success with your athletic training and everything that you're doing, Gavin. And uh, I will say this. I give you a lot of credit because I wanted to be a nice hockey player so bad and never could skate. So you've got a, you got a long way you know, beyond what I ever wanted to do. It's my favorite sport, actually, hockey. So I give you credit, too. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thanks for having us. And it's only the beginning. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios podcast. You can check out all the shows by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam or find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts and on iTunes. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.